0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the little podcast that could the show where we just keep plugging along,
1: plugging along.
0: (laughs) We've had a couple of listeners reach out over the past couple of weeks to say really nice things about the show. And it honestly makes it all totally worth it.
1: Yeah, it made me cry. (laughs) True. Everything makes me cry. Uh,
0: A true again. (laughs) I'm here with my fabulous and extremely annoying co-host mr
1: rob hello there babe you look very sexy with those two fours popping out with those big old breasts of yours
0: <laughs> thanks 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 again this is another episode where we're running late so no intro or outro music i'm sure you noticed maybe we'll just do this going forward because it's a lot cheaper than paying somebody to edit the episodes. so i could, I could sing um, I don't, I don't think anyone really wants that. Oh, okay. All
1: I right. think
0: we could skip that. Probably right. Don't forget, email us between now and November 4th to win coffee with Rob and Lena. That's right. You could be the owner of a customized, one of a kind, unchecked baggage coffee mug and coffee to go with it if you just email us at uncheckedaf at gmail.com. You can email us with a question that you'd like us to answer, a topic that you'd like us to research, And weigh in on or just feedback on the show. We'll keep your name anonymous unless you specifically tell us that it's okay to use your name.
1: Yes, we'll do that.
0: You can be like one listener that said, quote, hi there, Rob and Lena. I just wanted to reach out because I've been spending my October discovering some indie horror podcasts. One of my favorite things to do is listen to episodes of under the radar podcasts like myself and see what's out there. In my search, I saw your show, and even though it's not a horror podcast, the name and art looked interesting. So I gave it a listen on my way to work today. Wow, you two are dope. You open your open communication and your vulnerable—I <laughs> can't talk—vulnerability to share parts of your relationship with your listeners is just incredible. I know that the fan base that you two build over time are going to turn you two. Are going to turn to you too when they may be feeling lost in their own relationship.
1: So I don't understand kids' lingo these days. Is dope? Is that good or bad? Because I know dope is bad. Dope is good in this case.
0: Dope is good.
1: So, dope is good in this case, but not dope in general is not good.
0: Doing dope, I think, is okay. bad. Okay, I, do, I don't. But, yeah,
1: I'm not hip to the way the young people talk now.
0: Oh hush. So. <laughs> Or you could be like a friend of ours that said, Hey guys, sorry it took so long, but I listened to the first two episodes so far of your podcast and wanted to say, I love it. I may listen to it a little different because I know you guys, but it's awesome. Great advice. And I love that you guys are really opening up your personal lives and yourselves the way you are. It's great to hear it. And it's definitely causing me to look at myself and some of my own baggage. Great job.
1: That's what we want. We want people to to realize that everybody has baggage, look in their baggage, and hopefully make somebody a better person. Yeah.
0: Unpack some of that baggage.
1: Unpack it. Unpack the baggage.
0: So be like them and email Unpack us to win coffee with Rob and Lena. Now let's move on to today's topic. It is cheating when you're in a committed relationship.
1: Cheating. Oh, yes. Right in my wheelhouse. <laughs>
0: I don't think that's something anyone ever wants to say.
1: Well, no, I'm not not proud of it, but I am an expert on it.
0: Well, because we have so much to say about this, this is actually going to be a two-part episode, so I'll give you the breakdown here. In part one, we're going to talk about what is cheating, what are the effects and consequences of cheating, why do people cheat in general, who is cheating, and also once a cheater, always a cheater. Then, in part two, that's when we get to the really good stuff, and we break down the whys of cheating to men versus women, and we talk about our own personal stories of infidelity, and talk about what you can do to safeguard your marriage from infidelity.
1: Yeah, um, part two is going to be very, um, can't miss, very emotional. You're going to learn a lot about us, a lot about me, and what a shitty person I was, so...
0: This assumes anyone wants to know about you, Rob.
1: They want to know about everybody. No, I'm just
0: kidding. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: So, part one is going to be a little fluffy, but part two is going to be an actually deep digging episode. So, listen to both.
0: Part one is not fluffy. I did a lot of research. You're fluffy. That's true. I am.
1: You're <laughs> my little fluff cake.
0: Topic number one What is cheating? If you go to miriamwebster.com, Cheat on is a phrasal verb meaning to break a promise made to someone, such as one's wife or husband, by having sex with someone else.
1: What about something else?
0: That is an episode (laughs) for another day. Okay,
1: I just want to make sure it's clear. Someone is cheating. Something is totally different. Okay, gotcha. I gotcha. People like that might want to know.
0: Is it that simple, though? Sex is only one type of cheating. That's true. From brightside.me, an article titled, Nine Types of Non-Physical Cheating That Are Still Cheating. They have a list of things that are considered cheating, even though you may not even realize it. What are they? Number one, you're too close to your opposite sex friend. Ding, ding. I think this also, I mean, this is a very, all of the articles that I found were very heterosexual, so um I think we can... Also apply it, you know. You can apply it to anything. Yeah, you can apply it
1: to anything. It can be a same-sex friend right. if you're not if you're same-sex. So that's that's a kind of vague. It says you're too close to your opposite-sex friend. I think it means by how close you are, like how much personal information you share.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: And how much time y'all spend together. Yes. When your husband's not home.
0: Yes. Number two, you flirt online and offline.
1: I flirt offline to get um, discounts. Do you really? Well, yeah, sometimes because you know, good-looking people get better service. So sometimes I'm a little, little flirty—not like overly flirty, but a little, you know, a little smile and, hey, how's it going?
0: Just—is it being flirty or is it just being friendly? I
1: think, um, I, it's think- on the ver- I think it's on the verge of. It's on the, right on the edge of being flirty. Like it's hard to describe, like it's hard to disseminate between flirting and being friendly.
0: Disseminate? Is that a word? I don't think so.
1: Okay. Well, whatever. It's hard Take, to tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> you <laughs> sure disseminate is not a word? It's got to be a word. Disseminate. I don't, I don't think <laughs> There's so. There's no way I could make that word up. I've heard it somewhere. Okay.
0: <clears throat> Take a shot, everyone. Number three, you're having an affair with your phone. Quote, according to a recent survey, nearly four in ten millennials consider their phone more helpful than their significant other.
1: Wait, so just being on your phone?
0: I guess so. I guess if you spend too much time on your phone.
1: So that would be like neglecting your relationship. That's I don't Right. That's kinda of weird. They put that in there for millennials only. There's no I mean because
0: well, I don't everybody know. is you-
1: on their phone all the time.
0: We both spend a lot of time on our phone. But we spend
1: time with each other, too.
0: Yeah, I guess if it gets to the point where you're totally neglecting your spouse and spending all your time online, that's what that's for.
1: I guess I could see it, but that seems kind of weird.
0: And I have to say that, I mean, I'm going to be quoting from a lot of articles here. And I don't, I don't, not that I don't believe, but I don't, um, I don't agree with 100% with everything that I found. But
1: I I think some of the articles just try to cover everything to be hip.
0: I'm bringing you the information I found number four. You complain about your partner to someone else. So that's, that means like if you're regularly complaining about your partner, that I think could open up the door to cheating, especially
1: if it's to your close friend, like number one,
0: right? Like opposite sex. friend, Yeah, exactly. Five, you cross the line with strangers. If you need someone, especially a stranger, oh. This is a quote, quote, if you need someone, especially a stranger to fill whatever void you have in your primary relationship, you're entering the territory of emotional infidelity. And that can be the most painful form of cheating for your partner.
1: Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would rather, um, somebody cheat on me with sex than with the, yeah, we spend a lot of time together. We talk all the time and he's a really good listener blah, blah, blah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's that's a hard one to...
0: Because you're not as good of a listener, and it, that's where you feel a little bit insecure. What'd you say? I said because you're not as good of a listener, is that why you feel a little insecure in that area?
1: Um, sure.
0: <laughs> Number six, you have a secret friend. If you've got friends that your spouse is not aware of at all, that's definitely a red flag.
1: Yeah, this some of these are kind of weird. Like, if you have a yeah, because they, they they could all be the same thing. You have a secret friend and your online emotional affair cause that could be the same person. Yeah, but that, yeah, you, your partner should know all your friends.
0: There's yeah. definitely some overlap, or could yeah. be some overlap yeah. between these. Number seven, you dream of other lovers. Now I know, <laughs> Robert, that you have had many a dream
1: about other lovers. I've had many dreams of having sex with somebody with no face. <laughs> I've never seen their face. and right. You know, I don't, that's not, to me, that's nothing we can control.
0: Right. You can't. And even yeah. the article said you can't control what but you dream. I
1: can see if you have it a lot, it's probably something going on where you have, you know, lack of sex, maybe. Yeah, I All had right. some weird sex dreams with no faces. It was just weird.
0: Yeah, I think that it just means more like if you're having these dreams on a regular basis, then that may be something that you need to right. think, think about and see where you might not be satisfied in your in your awake sex I'd be, life.
1: I'd be more worried about it if you had your dream was of people that you knew. Yeah. Like you dream about having sex with your best friend or your so whoever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Number eight, you lie about your finances. Quote, according to the results of a poll that surveyed some 23,000 online users, more than 60% of both men and women consider financial infidelity to be just as heinous as a physical affair. What's more, one third of respondents felt that financial infidelity could lead to sexual infidelity.
1: So this is assuming that you have separate accounts then, right? Because if you have the same account, how, how do you lie about your finances?
0: I don't think we have to get into the logistics well, just, of it,
1: Rob. I mean, I can see.
0: Just like maybe you take out cash on a regular basis to pay a hooker. Who knows? Oh, that's knows? true. Oh, shit. You know?
1: I take out cash all the time. It's <laughs> not to pay hookers, though.
0: What are you doing with all that cash, babe?
1: Maybe I'm buying direct with it. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Number nine, you don't stand up for your partner. I think that comes in where... If somebody's bad your partner all the time, you, you better be... Well, first of all, you probably shouldn't be hanging out with that person. Right. But also, you should stand up for them.
1: In that case, if, if the person is bad-mouthing your partner, they they could be doing that to try to get into you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, same thing as is, is whenever you're upset with them, you always go to Right.
1: That. Like if one of your friends kept talking bad about me, then all of a sudden he's like, oh, maybe it's that bad. And then you start making out, then you're having sex. Just like that. Bam. Bam. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> all right. So uh, th- those are some different types of, of cheating. I mean, although I think...
1: There's a lot of kind of cheating. We're going we're yeah. to talk about it all.
0: Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. So let's move on to the effects of cheating. There are always multiple people involved in a cheating relationship. So first, what does it do to the individual that gets cheated on? I think that would be considered the cheat The cheat <laughs> The cheat Yes,
1: if it's the there, it would be the cheat Or the cheetah. Maybe it's the cheetah.
0: <laughs> Marriage.com has an article called The Devastating Psychological Effects of a Cheating Spouse. And it says that the effect it has on you depends on how psychologically resilient you are. So basically, if you're a very psychologically resilient person then if your spouse cheats on you, it may not have as big of an impact on you as as if you're not as resilient.
1: Right. I can see that.
0: Some of the things that can happen if you are cheated on um, are, number one, self-blame, self-loathing. I totally understand that. Because mm-hmm. if somebody cheats on you, I think, I think a lot of people's first instinct is going to be, well, what did I do wrong? Right.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what I did.
0: Like, what did I do to... To cause them to do that. Mm-hmm. And whenever you say that's what you did, can we, can we clarify that we're not talking about our current marriage?
1: Right. Well, yeah. Okay. So yeah, we've I've been married before. So anything that I say bad, apparently is not a, <laughs> 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 anything I say bad marriage wise, everybody should automatically assume it's marriage number one. Okay. That's what Lena wants me to clear up. But anyway, when I got cheated on, first thing I did was Why? But then I knew why because I cheated first. So, but anyway.
0: Yeah, that's like a cycle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Terrible. Number two, loss. You'll feel it's almost like you go through a grieving because you're going to be grieving the loss of the relationship that you thought you had. Right. Whether you end up breaking up, getting divorced or not, or or working through it, you've still lost what you had previously. Yeah, I agree with that. And people really go through a lot of grief during that that initial period. Also, it can increase anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you are just found out you got cheated on, your anxiety is probably going to go through the roof.
1: Yeah, every time that person leaves or goes to work, goes to the store, goes to wherever, you're going to say, are they going to cheat? Where mm-hmm. are they at? How come they're not home yet? They won't answer their phone, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That exactly. would definitely increase your anxiety.
0: Mm-hmm. And number four, reduced self-esteem. I think that's pretty Mm -hmm. Mm self-explanatory. Somebody cheats on you, you automatically just think that it's probably because you're not good enough.
1: Yes, I agree with all these four.
0: Okay. What about the cheater? It also has some effects on the person that does the cheating. An article from healthshots.com called Cheaters Beware, Four Mental Health Effects from Extra... Of extramarital affairs says that cheating is not necessarily a sign of a bad marriage, believe it or not.
1: Hmm. That's a weird one.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, we'll get down uh, in in further discussion. We'll talk about why people cheat. And it's, there's some really interesting reasons. Hmm. Can't wait. Number one, uh, the number one effect that cheating on someone will have is the guilt factor. So it lowers your confidence and self esteem and increases stress okay, in, so, in a lot of cases.
1: Yeah, in a lot of cases. In my case when I was a cheater is I was I felt guilty but I had higher confidence and higher self esteem because I could get what I wanted. I think though But that's rare probably.
0: I, well I think I, I think that that's normal and temporary. I think that if you're in a cheating relationship for an extended period of time, I think that's when the guilt factor, uh, comes in and also along with the lower confidence and self esteem because then you start to think, oh, I'm a bad, you know, right. I'm a bad yes. person. That lowers your self esteem. So I think, I mean, initially, whenever you start cheating, you get that mm. boost of endorphins and uh, all the fun things about starting a new relationship.
1: I would always feel guilty as,
0: we don't we when, don't we don't we, we don't need to know that much
1: detail. I would always feel guilty, but it didn't stop me from doing it again. So anyway, go ahead.
0: Right. So, I think overall it has a damaging effect on it, it, it does. Oh, it does.
1: When you look back on shit, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Number 2, you've got the fear of being caught, which is like 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 the person that's being cheated on after they find out if you're in the middle of, of some sort, sort of an affair, you're afraid of being caught and you're going to have a ton of anxiety about it. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: cuz you always have to it's almost like you're you're living a double life. Yeah, you know? cuz you
1: have you have to be careful with your phone, you
0: mm-hmm. know.
1: You have to be careful what you say. Right. Text somebody and you text the wrong person.
0: <laughs>
1: hey, I'll see you tonight. And then your wife's sitting right next to you you're like, well, "Who are you going to see tonight?" Yeah, right. Okay. I have, I have to go to work.
0: Number 3. The mental exhaustion, because all that double life leading is tiring. It is. Yeah.
1: It is. That's, that's definitely true.
0: Mm-hmm. And then number four, damaged self-esteem, uh, that kind of came in with number one with the guilt factor. Um, but overall, you that know, that comes
1: in later, I think mm-hmm. as you're cheating, you don't have the, or I didn't have the damaged self-esteem. I got it later when I started looking back on stuff
0: mm-hmm. now for the relationship. What effect does it have on the relationship itself? Well, watershedcounselingms.com, an article called The Aftermath of an Extramarital Affair, Psychological and and Relational Consequences. That was a mouthful.
1: Mm, mouthful.
0: (laughs) I'm just (laughs) going (laughs) to... quote from this article and, and Rob, you tell me if you see something <laughs> wrong with this, I'll, this I'll, sentence.
1: I'll say a red flag. Okay. Know.
0: Quote, most of these affairs happen at work, but some of them are with friends, relatives, ding, 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 or- Red
1: flag! red flag,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? Relatives or strangers on the internet, relatives. Okay. So who is having sex with their,
1: but is that considered their- cheating? If you're having sex with your sister? I mean,
0: gross.
1: What our cousin is that really cheating? Yeah, because yes. it's, it's still like family, it's not like you're, you know.
0: Okay, first of all, that's a disgusting question.
1: Well, I'm not the one to put relatives in here.
0: I know, I'm just wondering how prevalent that is, and it, if it's really prevalent, it
1: must be if they put in an article. Ew, right? Because why would they put that in there if it was like 1% of people cheated with their relatives? It wouldn't even be in there, it's got to be a high percentage, like 10 or 11% of people cheat.
0: If you have cheated with a relative. Please email us at unchecked AF. Wait, what's our email address? Unchecked AF at com. It
1: could be first, second, third, any cousin <laughs> or anything, please. I, no, seriously. And just don't put your name on there and
0: make up, I, please make up an email address. I don't want to know who you are really, but I would like to hear the backstory. On yes. This. Yes. All right. Um, this article, <laughs> besides that weird ass quote, <laughs> Um, it talks about divorce. Um, it said so obviously that uh, obviously a consequence of cheating in a marriage divorce. is divorce. Right, but most marriages do survive. Actually, quote: discovering an affair often results in a host of problems for spouses, including symptoms similar to those of post-traumatic stress disorder, such as shock, anger, confusion disassociation from reality, flashback, nightmares, damaged self-esteem, and compromised sense of confidence. These reactions are similar to PTSD in that they are triggered by a traumatic experience when one feels like the rug has been pulled from under him or her and life has forever changed. But most don't end in divorce.
1: I wonder if there's any way to know what the percentage is of People that have marriages that have been cheated on that aren't divorced.
0: Probably. And that would have been a very smart statis- statistics for me to pull up.
1: Okay. So but if, I you, didn't. if you've ever been in a relationship and been cheated on or cheated and that didn't end in a divorce or mess up your marriage or relationship, email us. Yeah. And tell us what, how'd you fix it? And then we'll do a follow-up episode later yes. on this.
0: If you've done it with your cousin, or if you, have if you've done it
1: with your cousin and it hasn't ended in, in, in divorce, email us or any other kind of cheating that you've been a part of done or whatever, and it didn't end in a divorce, email us and tell us yeah, how no. your relationship is now and how'd you fix it?
0: Yep. And we'll, we'll do a whole follow up episode on yes, it listener comments. It could help comments. other
1: people think about it that way.
0: Yep. And so this article also says that the easiest type of affair to get over is whenever it was an affair of convenience with little emotional involvement. So that's exactly what you were saying earlier. Oh, You're looking at me like you're confused. What, what, but is, what does that, that mean? So it, it means where you're – it's not an emotional – nothing emotional. It's just sex only.
1: Oh, okay. Because you know? it says a, uh, affair of convenience. All affairs are convenient.
0: Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, some affairs might not be convenient. They may be like a, a like a, a good friend. It starts out
1: okay. friends
0: and, you know, builds into a, like a real so relationship. So it's the
1: only, it's only happened one time. Yeah. And uh, it was just was sexual. Okay. Yeah. It was right. just
0: sexual. And okay. Didn't mean anything.
1: Gotcha. I gotcha.
0: And the hardest time to get over an affair is when it really involved emotions and the person being cheated on feels that they're competing with the person the spouse cheated on them with.
1: So that would be like a long-term affair. Yeah. Like maybe having an affair with somebody for a year or two before you get caught. Yeah. Okay. Or so. you, Or you don't get caught, but you say, I'm leaving you because I've been sleeping with your best friend for two years. That oh, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That would be oh, so yeah. hard. Oh, yeah. I got a story about that shit, too. Do you? Oh, yeah. With you? No, my stepdad. Dad number two.
0: Oh, well, yeah. go ahead and tell it. This is a good spot to tell All that.
1: Right, so uh, I was about... Um, thirteen or fourteen. My dad, my stepdad, and my mom, and had another friend couple, and they'd go out all the time, like every weekend to drink, 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 drink. Then, like about a year later, he came up to me and was like, "I just want to tell you that I'm not afraid to tell you that I'm in love with Kay. That was her name." Ten years. You're early. not supposed to
0: use names, Rob. She's dead. I'm gonna have to. And bleep. he's dead.
1: Everybody in the story is dead. you
0: to have to bleep that out.
1: Okay, they're all dead. Okay. Um. And
0: Your mom's not dead.
1: Okay, well she knows she was there. Oh it's okay. So he came to me and said he's been having an affair with my mom's best friend for like a year and a half. Okay, so that like that sent my mom to deep depression because they were friends that they hung out all the time together. So that's That's, my story.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: It was hard for me. I was only like fourteen when he told me I'm just like, What? She's like so old and fat. My mom's so young and pretty.
0: Well, your mom is gorgeous still. Right. She was gorgeous then. Even. She's only 30.
1: She's,
0: yeah, she's she's always been gorgeous. But can we just say that you're married to a fat woman, Rob? I'm not married to
1: say No.
0: no, no you no, no, always no. say fat like it's a bad thing, and I would like you to stop that because okay, it sorry. sounds very fat shaming There's
1: a difference between fat and husky.
0: You're calling me husky?
1: No, I didn't call you husky. I said there's a difference between fat and husky. Go put words in my mouth. <laughs>
0: like, I get my jeans from that section <laughs> in Walmart where it says husky. <laughs>
1: I used to wear husky jeans. That doesn't mean anything. They're small. Okay? Anyway. Anyway, she's old and fatter than my mom. How about that? Okay. Ah! Uh, yes.
0: Please excuse Rob. He's very, very um, much a baby boomer.
1: When and, you're talking and about
0: And doesn't understand how to be politically correct.
1: Yeah. Well, it's true. This was in the 70s. And if it happened today, I would be politically correct. It happened then. I don't have to be politically correct in 1974.
0: But you're describing it today.
1: Okay. Well, they're dead. I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings.
0: <laughs> okay. Everything that we've said so far makes it sound like being cheated on or cheating. It's bad. I mean, it, it, it is bad. But Aussie.com has an article that's called why being cheated on is not as bad as you think. It says, quote researchers at Binghamton university in New York state and university college London surveyed 5,705 people from 96 countries about the dynamics of their heterosexual breakups. And the synopsis of that survey was that women that get cheated on end up with greater quote mating intelligence which helps them be better and stronger in future relationships. They also have greater self-confidence, self-awareness and confidence. I said confidence twice. They have in You're the long
1: run, about using that word
0: <laughs> in the long run. They have higher uh, self-esteem basically. However, men do not see the same gains.
1: Now men aren't as resilient as women. I agree with We're that. We're big babies.
0: Mm-hmm. True. True.
1: Okay, so what percentages of marriages survive infidelity? Please tell me. Okay, well, so many people wonder uh, what percentage of couples stay together after one cheats. While well, adultery is no longer the deal breaker, it's usually still one of the things mentioned when people get divorced. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's one of the top reasons. So according to American Psychological Association, infidelity in the United States accounted for 20 to 40% of divorces. According to a study published by the National Institute of Health, one partner in 88% of couples studied cited infidelity as a major contributing factor. The vast majority of couples from the NIH study who divorced only had one partner share infidelity as a major issue. So we we're talking about that earlier thing. People who are under 30.
0: Wait, I don't understand what that's saying. Sorry. What? The- uh, so the vast majority of couples from the NIH study who divorced only had one partner share infidelity as a major issue. Mm-hmm. So the person, like the person cheating didn't see it as an issue or, right. and the other one did.
1: Okay. Yes. So people who are under 30 and over 70 were the least likely to divorce after an affair compared to those in their fifties and sixties. Cause in their fifties and sixties, you can still start over. Mm-hmm. I don't know about thirties though. The APA also cited that 42% of divorced individuals reported more than one affair. 42% have been cheated on twice is what they're saying. In a Gallup poll, researchers noted that more than half of partners say they would leave their spouse and get a divorce if they found out their spouse was having an affair. So we talked about that. So it's about half of the people would leave it on the first time. Mm -hmm. About 31% of married partners would stick it out and not divorce a cheating partner. Women are more likely to initiate divorce for any reason, says Psychology Today.
0: And I would also like to mention that we used a lot of sources for this information, so some of our statistics are a little like we'll quote one thing and it'll say right. one thing, and we right. quote another one and it says something a little bit different. So please excuse any numbers that don't
1: read all the articles at the bottom because there's yeah. a, we got a, on this. There's there's way way more stuff than we could probably use.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you, you can find an article to back up just about anything you want to. You <laughs> want to yeah. say and anything. But I try to find things that uh, seem to be be repeated within multiple articles, you mm-hmm. know, so that it didn't just seem like it was one rogue source saying something crazy. Okay, next. Why do people cheat? There are a lot of reasons.
1: There's a lot of reasons.
0: A whole lot of reasons. Brides.com has an article that says, uh, or it's called five different types of infidelity. And it says, quote, what is infidelity? Infidelity or cheating is the act of being unfaithful to a spouse or other partner. It typically means engaging in sexual or romantic relationship relations with a person other than one significant other, breaking a commitment or promise in the act. So there are five types of and really these are – the reason I put it in this section is because it's not really um, – they're not really types of infidelity. To me, it was more like reasons to be a cheater. Okay. So um, the first one, they call it opportunistic infidelity. And that's what I was mentioning earlier where um, – I mean you could be totally in love with your partner, love your marriage, nothing wrong. But an opportunity arises, and you're just in the wrong place, at the wrong time, maybe the wrong mental headspace, and you just do it.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: So that's one thing. Some people just made a bad decision one time.
1: That's a little iffy for me. Is I still it? Don't, I don't. I still don't see how you could love somebody and cheat on them. But that's just me. That's just me.
0: What if you're drunk? You know, I mean, like you're you're drunk, and your spouse. Left to go somewhere okay. and somebody comes up, you know, I mean, yes, you should have enough self-control even when we never, could drunk. I use
1: that as an excuse if I cheated on you? I no, was dr- okay, then. no, so no, I'm not
0: saying it's right. No,
1: I'm but if you're in love with somebody being drunk is not the reason to cheat. I will, I love you so much. I was just drunk.
0: No, I mean, you probably have some sort, there's something within unless you passed out. Yeah. Well, that's rape.
1: I know, I'm just saying, unless you like so far out of it, you don't even know who you're having sex with. Then yes.
0: Yeah, and, and that's um, – I mean, I'm not saying that it's an excuse. I'm just saying that – I mean, there's, there's probably something within you anyway that wants right. to do that. Just right. like whenever you're drunk. I mean, that's whenever your real personality comes out anyway. Usually. Whenever mm-hmm. you're really feeling. Okay, and then uh, the second one is op- um, obligatory infidelity, which sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? Yeah. So that's whatever you don't really want to cheat, but you need approval You need the approval that comes along with it. So it's like your self-esteem is so low that you seek the validation and the the attention from other people. And it's like, I really love my husband, but man, getting this attention from this other guy feels really good.
1: I need to give him a blowjob to show him how much I appreciate him giving me attention.
0: Yes. And then, bam, you've got mouth herpes.
1: I'm sorry, babe, but I gave another man a blowjob. Well, you don't give me a blowjob ever. Well, you don't ever talk to me. He talks to me. Oh, okay. See, that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, the sometimes third life is just hard. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: The third type is romantic infidelity. That is where there's not much emotional attachment to their own partner. It's, wait, not much emotional attachment to their partner, but committed to the marriage. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I had to make notes. So I could remember what these things meant. So you're committed to your marriage, the institution of marriage. You know, like you like being together for whatever reasons, maybe the financial reasons, maybe you guys have kids, whatever. But you don't feel romantic towards your partner at all. Mm -hmm. And you find someone else to give you those romantic feelings. I've
1: actually had a romantic affair with no sex. Really? Yes.
0: And just to clarify, this is in your previous marriage. Ever? I've already
1: said that earlier. I okay, already made that checking. disclaimer.
0: Just checking. <laughs> I always want to clarify. Because the
1: person I was having the romantic affair was with pregnant. So, Oh,
0: you told me about that. Okay. You're so weird. Yeah, whatever. Next one is conflicted romantic infidelity. And this is, What's I'm, all these? I know, they're so weird. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you have love and sexual desire for more than one person at a time. So... You're in love with your spouse. You love them. You love your marriage, all that. And then somebody else comes along that you also fall in love with.
1: This has to be a new term to make up for all the other, you know, like <laughs> all the gender stuff because.
0: No, this doesn't have anything to do with the well, gender. Because
1: stuff. like, well, no, I'm just saying like you can be in love with like four people at one time. Is that what it's saying?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's basically like like I just said, you're in love with your spouse and then somebody else comes along that you end up falling in love with too.
1: Okay. I mean, I've had multiple affairs at the same time, but I didn't love them. So I'm, I'm kind of confused on that part, but
0: uh, I think you're a monogamous love person, you know, I, only I love mean, one the,
1: person, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: You, you love one person, but there are people that can love more than one. Is that like counting
1: myself? Cause then uh, it'd be two.
0: Well, I guess two people. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. The last one is commemorative infidelity.
1: <laughs> Why does this suck so bad? What is all this?
0: I mean, uh, I mean these are really good terms. I mean, to, I mean, maybe the terms aren't that great. This is definitely
1: written by a doctor.
0: I think so. Yes. Commemorative infidelity is whenever you have no feelings for your partner and you justify the cheating because you're not getting what you need in your relationship. This is whenever you're just like.
1: So you don't even love your partner?
0: Yeah. Like, I'm, uh, I mean, like you're, like you're done. You're, you're probably on okay. your way out anyway. And you're like, might as well.
1: That was probably me at the end of my first marriage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> That's just a little preview of what you'll get in, on the next episode. Mm-hmm. All right. So now that we know why people are cheating, let's talk about who is cheating in general. Um, In our next episode, we're going to break it down uh, a little further between men and women, but Mm -hmm. um, let's talk in general about who's cheating. I found a couple of articles from uh, uh, CompareCamp.com and NewYorkDailyNews.com. Some U.S. statistics. Over 90% of Americans consider infidelity as immoral around 30 to 40 percent of Americans cheat on their partners
1: so 90 percent considered immoral but 40 percent do it do it yeah yes. okay
0: very conflicted of course, Americans of course less than three percent of American adults believe it is not wrong to engage in in an extramarital okay so sec, in extramarital sex
1: so that right there that three percent I guarantee you that three percent are all under 30. You think? I guarantee you, yeah, because younger people have more of an open thing about sex. Like, I can have sex with whoever I want. To, it's no big deal. I bet you anything.
0: I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I think it has to do with some sort of psychopathy, and I think that could go across any age group. Of what? Some sort of psychopathy. Like to where, a
1: person with one eye.
0: No. No, not a psychopath. Oh,
1: sorry. I misunderstood what you said. <laughs>
0: There's a website called Ashley Madison. It is a website where people that want to cheat on their spouses go to sign up and get matched to other people. They did a study of their users, and I thought it was very interesting.
1: Oh, yeah. I know where this is going.
0: Yeah. So... Um, out of their users, which everyone on their site is a cheater or a want-to-be-cheater. Mm-hmm.
1: Want to be a want-to-be-cheater or a cheater. That's
0: true. 25% of them are evangelical Christians. 22% are Catholic. 22% are Protestant. Shame, shame. Only 2% are agnostic. one6 Mormon, one5 Muslim, one4 Jewish, one4 Atheist. Jehovah's Witness is only half a percent and Hindu is .3%. That's gotta be like one guy.
1: But so how do they, so <laughs> just, how do they, how do they know, guy? how do they know this? And how does Jehovah's Witness have time to cheat if they're knocking on my door asking me if I've seen Jesus? <laughs>
0: they, okay. they did a study of their, their users. So people that are signed up, they sent out a survey oh, and said, you know, okay. how, how do you, um, wow. what, what's your religious affiliation? And I just thought that that was really interesting that the highest percentage mm-hmm. um, is the evangelical Christian group.
1: So that makes sense with this next part. Yes. The state with the highest amount of cheaters. Okay. What do you think it is? Did you Did you see this? I already read that. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So when I did this, I was like, huh, I wonder what state has the most cheaters. And I was thinking it's going to be like California, you know, because all the Hollywood people, but the actual state is Alabama. Okay. So one poll found Alabama was the most listed state on Ashley Madison. Now, that could be because if you want to be anonymous and you just do the drop-down box, the very first state that pops up is Alabama. Okay? <laughs> right. So they probably yeah. just do Alabama. Or, wow. and while it hasn't definitely been proved specifically regarding Alabama, although I think you just proved it up there, um, it's really heavy in Im- imbal- evan-
0: evangelicals.
1: Yes, thank you. So that's a really, uh, healthy part of Alabama. So it makes sense now that mm-hmm. if they do a lot of cheating and that's a heavy state for that, that's why, why it's number one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hypocrisy. It's like do what I say, not what I do.
0: Yep. Exactly. Next, is it true that someone or that, that once someone's a cheater, that they are always a cheater? Rob, you need to answer this one.
1: So. This is very uh personal to me, okay, because when I met you, all your friends said, if he's going to cheat on his wife, he's going to cheat on you. Mm-hmm. So the whole "what once a cheater is a cheater. I mean, I don't even know if it can be solved or not. But anyway, here's what I found. So it says the saying, once a cheater, always a cheater is more than an old wife's tale. A 2017 study was the first to evaluate the credibility of this saying. In this study, those who were involved in extramarital affair were three times more likely to repeat the behavior in their next relationship.
0: Okay. And on the opposite side of that coin, I found an article on hellorelish.com called True or False, Once a Cheater, Always a Cheater. And it was written by a relationship coach. And their perspective says that humans make mistakes. Attitudes toward being in a relationship can change. You and your partner... Are willing to put in the, if you and your partner are willing to put in the work, then that doesn't necessarily mean that cheating will continue. Mm-hmm. Differing levels of, there are also differ, differing levels of infidelity. Um, someone that is the, what was it called, opportunistic cheater, where it was right. just a one time shit, I really messed up thing versus someone that's in a long term, Affair for two or three years; those are different levels of infidelity, and and someone that's done it long term is more likely to do it again rather than right. Just so a one time thing.
1: I can only speak for myself. So, being a serial cheater before um, and being with you now, uh, I'm at a point in my life now and a point in. in our relationship that the thought of cheating never even enters my mind anymore. So, um, yes, you don't have to always be a cheater. I think it just, after some point in your life, you realize what makes you happy and you make me happy.
0: You make me happy too. I love you. Love you too. That actually goes to the next point in this article (laughs) says that the reason for cheating can go away. You know, so if if you've got, you know, whatever your reason for cheating was, if that's no longer there, then you're not going to be a cheater anymore.
1: And and I think me being open about it when we met, about how much I cheated before, Mm -hmm. to let you know that it's a thing, but, um, you know, so we have like an agreement that, you know, you know how it was in the past. Mm -hmm. Exactly. mm -hmm.
0: And I don't ever even think about it with you i don't that's not
1: that's pretty cool of you because if i was you i would think about it a lot
0: no i don't i mean i'll tease you about things but i don't (laughs) (laughs) but i I don't ever like in my heart i don't ever worry about it
1: good good
0: all right kids we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna end here for this episode because we've been going now for 40 minutes that's a long time Um, don't forget to listen again in two weeks to part two of our cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater episode where Rob and I will open up about our own experiences even more than we did today. Um, either of being cheated on or cheating.
1: Yeah. So believe me, this is the episode you're going to want to listen to. This is where you're going to find out about us and me mostly because I'm the worst person in the world. But anyway, stop
0: it. You are not. You're not the worst person in the world. If you did, I wouldn't, or if you were, I wouldn't love
1: you. Well, I mean, yeah, I haven't killed anybody. So that's good.
0: That's right. So <laughs>
1: I'm not a killer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us, uh, for relationship advice or to tell us how great we are. Please email us at unchecked at gmail.com. And don't forget about the contest. Please email us. Also, we can be found at uncheckedbaggage.co, not .com, .co. Um, On Facebook, you can search us at at uncheckedaf, on Twitter at at uncheckedbagga1, or search for uncheckedaf on Instagram. Thank you to Jessica at jessiebcreative.com for our awesome cover art, and thanks to everyone for listening to Unchecked Baggage.
1: And please... Any any cheating stories, or if you've had um, sex with your relative that was cheating, please email us and let us know. Because I want to know how I want to know some real life stories on cheating and how you worked it out or didn't work it out, or give us some stories and we won't mention your name.
0: Right. And check your baggage at the door. Goodbye. Goodbye.